Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Time now for Dan Issel and Louis Rabot, right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Dan and Louis. Good Thursday morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is Issel and Louie. And as always, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Kentucky Tourism, KentuckyTourism.com. Louis, uh, how would you analyze... Emmanuel Okorafor's first game as a Cardinal. I thought the lack of turnovers was really, you know, no silly fouls, uh, no turnovers, you know, didn't miss any free throws. Uh, I thought... And was vocal, and was vocal. Yeah, I, you know... Brought new energy. The lack of mistakes, to me, stands out more than anything else. Yeah, well, that's so important on this team that that every game has... Yeah, they're prone to mistakes, and so to have a guy come in... Right and, away. I mean, right and, away. And not no commit mistakes. a turnover. Boom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hey, look over here while I switch the quarter. <laughs> um, I, I I actually thought, I think about eight or nine minutes into the game, I texted you that uh, the Cards win this one. I, I actually thought they had a, a, a really good shot. It looked like the Western Kentucky game all over again. It did. Uh, Boston, Boston College wasn't guarding anybody. Uh, Louisville was making their shots, including their three-pointers. Um, you know, I, I, thought, I thought they had a real shot to win this game, but then they didn't. I think last night was a really bad night for someone in your position, Dan. Um, uh oh! Here it goes. We're gonna we're gonna say Kenny can't coach again. That's what we're All going right. to say because I yeah. go ahead and tell me you again that there's no talent on this team. Tell me that Boston College is talented. Uh no. Okay, they outscored Louisville by 16 in the second half. This right. is this is coaching. Last night was right. coaching. They got out schemed right. last night. I, yeah. I, they just did. Well, I'm, you know, once once again, I'm going to have to educate you. Go ahead. As to what happens, since you know you're a neophyte watching watching basketball games, uh, the uh, the Cardinals were ahead by four points uh, about halfway through the second quarter, and Kenny said, "Man, I got to get L some rest," and he took him out of the game, and in mere seconds, the Cardinals went from being up four. To down three because nobody on this team can play. Now, they had some nice games last night. I mean, you could say that's probably the best game I've seen Withers play. Uh, that's probably Mike, right, yeah. That's probably Mike, right. Mike James was okay. Uh, Curry was five for six from the field. Uh, but, man, 
I mean, when is he going to just stop running right over the top of people? I mean, <laughs> Sydney, make some moves, man. Don't don't lower a shoulder and run over. But this team can't win without L. Ellis. And in seconds, seconds, Louie, they went from four up to three down. Then, then the, his effectiveness, caught, talking about Ellis, completely went off the rails when first he turned an ankle and secondly he got in foul trouble and Kenny didn't put him back in the game till where it was like three three minutes and 45 seconds to go but uh I, I could tell watching him so yeah 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 they uh Boston College isn't any good but the Cardinals without L Ellis are much much worse I agree and I also um disagree with you because apparently to you Player substitutions are not a coaching thing. I think of that as a coaching decision. Uh, deciding who's going to be on the court and who's not going to be on the court, to me, is a coach's decision. That game last night was so close that even with four fouls, L. Ellis needed to stay out there. Period. End of conversation. You have to risk it, him fouling out, to even have a chance to win the game. Because you are completely correct. When he's not on the floor, they suck even more. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That's what I mean, it they, is. So you, you and know, I disagree they, on that. I And, and let's okay. be very clear All about right. it. You yeah. don't think that substitution patterns are coaching. I no, do. No, I didn't say that. Literally, the you kid, said you can't tell me that he is, can't. Wait a second. The kid is playing his tail off. You're the one who always says, oh, these college kids can't play 40 minutes a game. They got to get you got to give them a break here and there. The kid had played 30 straight minutes. He had to give him a blow. He's up four. He figures, man, this is a good time to get him a blow. Uh, No. I'm literally taking your side and saying that the kid needs to play 40 minutes, and you're yelling at me and saying he doesn't need to play 40 minutes. You're the one who always says they don't, they can't play 40 minutes. L. Ellis plays 40 minutes all the time. He play, yeah. I think he's averaging like 37, 38 okay. minutes a game. I, I, will, I will agree with you that he had to get back in the game. And, and when it went to, you know, when it went below five minutes and he still wasn't back in the game, I'm thinking, well, that ankle must really be bothering him. I thought so, we're, too. We're, yes. we're, gonna, we're not going to see him the rest of the game. And then he came back in with, I think, 345 or something close to that. Just under four. Uh, yeah. So I, I agree with you there. When the, when the game is going south, you know, you got to put him back. You got to put him back in. But um, all right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't know how to substitute. Uh, Dan, they broke a guy's nose last night and the guy still scored 20 points. <laughs> Who broke his nose? Uh, L. L did. Yeah. L. <laughs> L doing that work. It's, it's our guy, L. Ellis. Let's go. <laughs> Breaking noses. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that was a weird play, wasn't it? Very. Yeah. I, that, 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 Very. that guy got hurt with, like, I, I thought Ellis got fouled on the play, but whatever. I, um, and. <laughs> It just, it just, you, and you, you see him like pull his head back, and I'm like, what, yeah. what's going Ellis on there? Gets, <laughs> Ellis gets fouled. Yes. Ellis gets fouled. He he knocks a kid in the face, <laughs> and there's no call. There's no calls at all, right? No call. Yeah, no call. <laughs> oh, college. I mean, in, in, in the final analysis, if you look at this, if you hadn't seen the game, and you look at the stat sheet, uh, you say, well, the only reason the Cardin- Cardinals lost is they get to the free throw line six times and Boston College gets there 21 times. And again, 
I'll go back to the fact that there aren't any, the front line of Louisville cannot guard anybody. No. 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 So, no. Oh, so and, and, and they didn't, I mean, they, they danced around the, the, the outside most of the game, too. And the only time that they went in the paint was Ellis driving and, and kicking. It was very effective. Right. But yep. that's not going to draw many fouls either. So, right. Yeah, it's just right. the nature of it. But yeah. There you go. It is much, by the way, this is much more fun talking about games where, like, there's actually competition going on. Like, right. <laughs> like yeah. substitutions matter. Yeah. Like, hey, all right, it's close enough for that to matter. That's you nice. know, I, you, you, have to, you have to discount the, uh, the opponent, but I thought this was the best game that Louisville's played uh, since, since Western Kentucky. It I was, mean, they shot, they shot the ball well. I, I just I don't understand, Louie, how, you know, how, how you can turn the ball over as, as much as they do. I mean, it's just, and, it, and in the manner that they do, right? And yeah. just how careless it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's remarkable, Frank. And the other part of it is that I I can't figure out, but it happens every freaking game. Is they get that first careless turnover, and then the next three possessions are garbage. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're it's, right. It's remarkable, and so yeah. I don't I don't know. That that one I don't know where that fault lies. It's obviously a mental thing with this team where they just assume, oh crap, here we go again. Um, and I don't know how you snap a team out of that. I'll be very clear. I've never no, been around a no. two and eighteen team before. But um, well, you Blake are and now. Baker. Blake and Baker did point out on the show this morning that Louisville is the highest rated two win team in the country. <laughs> you see, you can always you can use stats to to make a great point every time. Good for Blake. Two and Good for Blake. That's so brutal. <laughs> it's so brutal. Oh. oh. <laughs> And last night, I mean, L as much as, as by the way, as soon as you texted me, I thought about texting back. Boston College is going to win this game by ten, um, just to just to be a jerk. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> but you were too you were too busy betting Turfway to text me. I back. was too I, busy I, betting Turfway. I, I, you I, know exa- <laughs> I know I know exactly. I know exactly. <laughs> had the game on the TV. Had Turfway yeah. on the laptop. Oh yeah, you know this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Ex- I know you. <laughs> I know you. Made that profit I, last night. Let's yeah. go. Well, there I go. go. There you go. I don't know how anybody makes a profit at Turfway. I watched the I watched the first two races because there was a Scott there was a Scott Isselbred in the second race. Okay, Waters of Merrim, uh, who who we raced uh, a couple of times and won a race at Keeneland with her, and she got claimed, which was a blessing. <laughs> yeah, not right. Yeah. Uh, and she was in. I think we got her claim for thirty, and she was in for eighteen last night and ran ran fifth. So I I actually watched the first two races uh, from Turfway, and the winner of the first race was forty three to one, yeah. and the winner of the second race was twelve to one, and I turned it off. I don't know how anybody makes a profit at Turfway. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it was not an easy night last night. All right. Hey, Louie, can I take a moment? To tell you about my friends at Bear Nose Pizza. You may not. All right. So uh, this is this. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I'm going to try to do a read as good as you do for <laughs> the, for the chicken. Yeah, for the chicken people. <laughs> the chicken people. <laughs> the chicken people. That that that. that. <laughs> 
that drop off, that lunch drop off. Thumbs, are you listening? That lunch drop off that disappears almost as fast as the Bear Nose Pizza. There are 14 area locations in Kentucky and a great food, great drinks, and great people. Stop in at the original Bear Nose. That's the one at Bowman Field. Say hi to our buddy there, Rob Moody. Ask for the Issel jar of mustard. You're welcome to it. Uh, Bear Nose has you covered for lunch or dinner. Carry out, delivery, dine in. Yeah, it's that good Bear Nose pizza. All right, so after last night, do you still think they beat Georgia Tech next week? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm all in. February 1st. <laughs> February 1st, cards get their first, their next win. Will it be bookended by an Accor 4 triple-double? Uh, I doubt it. Oh, okay, okay. Just double-double? I, I, I doubt it. Um <laughs> How how can you spend a week? How can, how can you spend a week talking about this kid, and and you've got a front line that well I'm going to take Withers out because he was pretty good last night, but you got a front line of JJ Trainer. Sydney the Bull Curry and lands and don't even put the kid in the game. <laughs> I can't, by the way, I cannot imagine being a Louisville fan and watching Sid Curry drive the lane and dunk like that and just throwing your hands up and going, where, oh, yeah, where yeah. is this every other freaking game? I, yeah. can't, I cannot imagine the frustration of watching this team and the guys just like showing these flashes, like trainer making fadeaway corner threes. And you're like, just hands it. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine the frustration. And and you and, and you say the same thing about the 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 guy that's evidently has joined the witness protection program, and that's Huntley Brinkley. Yeah. Uh, the same thing with him. Yes. I mean, every, every third game he makes one play that you go, holy cow! I see why this kid was a five star prospect coming out of high school. And then you don't see it again for three more games. I think he backed down two guys in the UK game, like in the first three minutes. It made two really nice turnaround jumpers. Yep. yep. And, and then nothing the rest of the game. Nothing. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine being a fan of this team. It's, it's unbelievable. There's just no consistency at all. Except for L. Ellis. We always have to give that caveat, except for L. Yeah. Who's yeah. obviously. Yeah. That guy, if you think it's been loud on senior days before, there are not going to be a ton of people there. LL is going to get a nice little ovation at the end. He of the sure season. should. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. He sure should. Ugh. So, so you don't think much of a post, huh? <laughs> go kid back can to the, shoot. Go back the, to the Netherlands. No, I the, kid, the kid can shoot. I'll tell. I'll give him that. He was perfect from the free throw line and made a couple of three pointers. Pretty impressive for a seven foot guy with a mask on. <laughs> <laughs> he did not want to put that thing on. The um, does he remind you of Rayful Friends? Well, please. Now I, I was, I was having a really good morning. What do you have to bring his name up for? I'm kidding. He um, no. I he's an interesting the uh, Quentin Post. He's an interesting player because he he runs the floor pretty well, and he he does have the ability to shoot the threes. But I don't. I, I didn't notice that he was especially good on defense or that he had any kind of rebounding acumen. Yeah, no, you're yeah, absolutely right. right. He he plays. He might be seven foot tall, but he but he <laughs> plays more like he's you know six six. You're, yeah. you're right. He was uh, there was no there was no defensive presence. It wasn't like he was. Uh, although he did have two block shots. I don't know where those came from, but uh, 
Uh, Ellis not, being six foot nothing, uh, probably. Yeah, that's probably true. Dan, uh, coming down on the tax line, four three seven nine six eighty. What would you call the zone that Louisville ran last night? I was interested in that too. It was almost like a four one. Was it a two two one essentially, Dan? Um, I, I I don't know. It's it, you know a lot of these teams anymore, Louie, They don't run. They, they, you can't, you know, back in our day, you go, well, that's a one, two, two, or right. that's a one, three, one. Sure. They, they do more like matchups now out of zones. Got it. And so they're, 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 they're playing a zone, but they're play, they're, they're paying attention to specific players. And, you know, one of the things that killed them in the second half is one of the players they weren't paying much attention to was that Zachary kid. Right. And, and he, I think he knocked down three wide-open three-pointers. But, I, I, you know, I, I was watching Syracuse. Who was Syracuse playing the other day? North Carolina, maybe? Uh, and you know they're they're always known for their one three one. Yep. I mean, Bayheim has played the one three one zone since he got there seventy five years ago. But the, even they, uh, it, it was more they were playing more of a matchup zone. You okay. and so that that's why I think you really can't you can't. Um, Quantify, you know, this is this zone, this is that zone, because most of these zones are are what they call matchup zones. Yeah, because they were even switching right last night. Yeah. So you know, yeah. that's where. Yeah, I think it's a reasonable ask from the from the texture. Like, what would you call that last night? Uh, yeah, a switch matchup zone, I guess. I don't, I don't know if it has an actual <laughs> name, but um, yeah, I guess it is that that technical matchup zone. All right, Islam Louis here. We're taking you till noon. Uh, Bobby V traveling, so I know that uh, Coach Lieberman's in today with uh, with Nikki V. Um, we will have Ben Roberts in his usual spot at ten thirty. Jay Davis is covering a USFL presser today. Oh, I thought he just quit coming because you hadn't sent him any popcorn lately. Well, I sent him some stuff. Don't worry. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, Nothing as cool as a Mike Pratt pin, though. It was not as cool as a Mike Pratt pin. No. Correct. Yep. Hey, what, I want to ask you, you, you sent me those shoes. You, you told me yesterday oh, yeah. that Cal had some, uh, some Mike uh, uh, shoes on. Uh, are those – can you buy those? Are those, are those just special made for UK or somebody? I have no idea. Um, the photo was actually sent to me by someone else. And so uh, I, I don't know – if those are available, but I would have to think that you uh, would be the one person that could, you know, talk Nike into making them for you. Now, the size of shoe that you have to wear, I imagine they'd be about $1,200, but, um, you know, yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't wear them. <laughs> oh, I get I it. mean, I, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you, could, I, you could get a size size 12 and be okay with it then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it'd be nice if they were my size, but if they couldn't do that, I, I'd just like a pair of them to... To have on, you know, have in my office. I, those are really cool. Yeah. If you haven't seen them, they've got uh, Mike, Mike, uh, Mike's face on one side and his back with his number twenty-two on the other side. Are those are the shoes that Cal had on yeah. in the Vanderbilt so game? One shoe is him as a player, and one is him as a broadcaster. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. All right, I got you. Oh, I think it's well. Good I'm going to follow up on that today. These look really nice. Aren't, Aren't those amazing? Cool? I would wear these. Right. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, no, they're great. No, they did a really, really nice job with them. Absolutely. And, and, okay. I, and I'll I imagine. Find, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll find out today and I'll report back. <laughs> Mandy, you're getting killed on the text line, by the way. I, I let it go and I shouldn't have let it go. <sighs> on the text line, Dan, and this is multiple people, and it's 
again, the reason why we love this market. Uh, Syracuse plays a 2-3, not a 1-3-1. It was Lute Olsen that played a 1-3-1. Yes, I, yep. I, but you knew what Dan was talking about. Like, that Syracuse plays the zone. That's what they do. That's, what, that's why I didn't. Well, you can correct me if okay. I'm wrong. Okay. Yeah. I always thought it was a 1-3-1. One, one. Yeah, they play the 2-3 at, at Syracuse. But that's yeah, okay. Yeah. But it was North Carolina. They were playing them the other day. North Carolina got the win in, in, uh, in Syracuse. So yeah. you're correct about that. So I got that part right. <laughs> you did. I watched some of Did you watch any of the Pitt Wake uh, game going into them last night? Uh, a little bit. Not, not, not a lot. In fact, uh, because, um, you know, as, as I've said before, uh, six to seven mountain time is that's prime time. We, we do we do we do Jeopardy and we do Wheel of Fortune. And by the way, I crushed Prime in both of them yesterday. Oh, in your face, oh, Prime! Did, in your oh, face! Did, Take did your I printer kill her. and get out of here. Did I kill her? <laughs> it was so bad. One time she said, "I knew the answer, but I was taking a drink." Oh, there it is. Yep. There it yep. is. I mean, she was, oh. it was so, I was, I killed her so badly. <laughs> she was making excuses anyway. So, so, um, so I didn't get to the office, uh, until right. after, after wheel was over. So I, I saw like the last two or three minutes of the game. Got it. Yeah. That was a fun one. Um, between two very mediocre teams. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of teams of that level right now. Yes, that are Wake yes. Forest and Pitt level kind of teams, um, but it was it was pretty fun. Um, got a little. Uh, it's it's kind of fun to watch those random uh, midweek, you know, sixty percent attended conference games. No, it's not. I'm just kidding. Uh, the uh, Clemson is still in first place in the ACC by a game and a half. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'll tell you, Alabama. Uh, did, Boy, I, they had I, a scratch last they, night. Yeah, Boy, they had their hands full. They were getting hammered early on. I think I think Mississippi State was up like fifteen mm. in the first half. They did come back and win by three. But any given night, Louie, any given night, <laughs> one and seven Bulldogs. Man, oh man, it's amazing the bottom of the SEC. How quickly that flipped. Because Mississippi State started ten and zero, they're one and seven in the conference. Where, where, where does if you're if you're at Mississippi State, where do you recruit? I can't imagine they turn out too many Division One Texas. Uh, I imagine. Yeah, but you go to Texas and you're like twelfth in line. I understand. That's a big place. <laughs> I think you're Texas and Atlanta, probably. I don't know, but I no, it's not an easy job. No. And remember, we all fell in love with LSU's coach. They're one and seven in conference now. <laughs> South Carolina, how many wins in conference do you think they have? Uh, well, I know they got one, and that's how much they have. God, what a bad loss! Ugh, that's the one thing. I hope that uh, I. <clears throat> I hope Kentucky keeps it going because that loss is it just looks worse and worse every day. Oh well, sure. I really, yeah. I really hope they keep it going because that's one of those that. I think Sweezy was talking about yesterday where it's like that's like a seed line loss. Like U of L had a couple of those with Rick uh, when he was here, and then you know you just you can't afford those like at home, you know, South Carolina kind of ugh, you know sort of losses. And so yeah, I'm just go beat Kansas and you know wash away those sins, and then you don't have to worry about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, wash away those yep. sins. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Ben at the bottom of the hour, right? We do. Yeah, uh, it'll be inter- it'll be interesting to get his. You gonna take. swipe anybody at the uh, the, the Herald Leader today? 
<laughs> him. Okay, good. Uh, him. I, uh, I was going to say, I don't think I have to do anything for the next half hour. So No, no. I'm going, after, then, yeah. I'm going after him. Do you, uh, do you know he was on uh, first, uh, first Replay uh, this week? Whoa, whoa, whoa. How do you feel about that? Well, uh, well we'll talk to him about that first out of the box. <laughs> We've got an exclusive here, pal. What are you doing? No, that's that that's fine. That that's fine because Sweezy and Jimmy need all the help they can get. So we'll let him we'll let him go on. Texter texting in, I'll take mediocre. I I hear you, Texter. I really do. I I, I, I hear you. Mediocre. I don't I don't get it. Uh, compared to two and eighteen, Dan. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Like they would, they would oh, be happy Utah, to. Be, you you said Pitt and Wake were mediocre. Yeah, he, he yeah, I got gotcha. you. Wake is six okay. and four in conference, fourteen and seven overall. All of us would take that around here. 100%. Absolutely, of course, one hundred percent. Absolutely. Did Indiana end up losing last night? I I didn't get to watch the end of that game. Um, they were at uh, Minnesota last night, and they were losing late in the second half. <clears throat> Woodson had. Uh, oh, they pulled it out. Okay. Oof. Man, <laughs> uh, Coach uh, Woodson had the virus, right? right he's got COVID, yeah. Yeah, Poor yeah. Guy, yeah. Not good at uh, good in that age group, so hopefully he's all right. But um, have you actually tested positive for COVID, Dan? No, I haven't either. No, I think I had it. I, I, but, I, I'm almost sure that I did as well. Yeah, yeah, but I I didn't uh, I, I didn't test because you know what's the difference? I I, I didn't feel that bad. Right. But uh, I think I think Sherry and I both had it, a very mild case of it. Uh, but you know, we've we've gotten our shots and our boosters. And I was gonna say, I know you're we, up, on, you're up, you're on top of it. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So I I think I had it, but I never I've never tested for it. I mean, Indiana scored 61 points last night. Trace Jackson Davis 25 points, 21 rebounds, six blocks. He's now, by the way, that uh, I know that just because I was uh, paying attention the other day. He is now all time leader in blocks at Indiana. Hmm. That's not a small. That's not a small program to be a leader in a major category. No, and so, and, and, yeah. and twenty five yeah. points did you say? So 20, I think he's. Yeah. I think he said like thirty five, thirty one, and twenty five in the last three games. He went uh, eighteen, thirty five, thirty one, twenty five. That's what I just said. <laughs> he's dealing. Yeah, you're right. No, he's dealing. And I don't. And I'm not looking at a screen. <laughs> Reading that box score, Dan. That's right. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly right. Uh, all right, well, let's go to break here. <clears throat> okay, you know what? Actually, before we do that, letter grade for last night for Louisville. Taking everything into account for this season. C minus. Oh. All right, I was going to say that. What, what, did, what did you come up with? C minus. See, this is. That's exactly what I thought you were going to say, Dad. I'm terrified yep. that this is going on. Yeah. Too much. Time together with Dan and Avery and terrifies me that i have the same thoughts as dan oh you you ought to thank your lucky star i might grow up and be successful and enjoy my wife and you know like it sounds terrible um who said uh, i enjoy my wife <laughs> let's not go that far hey when you're ready to explore the outdoors there's no better place than home hike bike paddle fish or even venture deep underground oh. this is kentucky come see for yourself Plan your getaway today at KentuckyTourism.com. Ben Roberts next.
This segment with Dan Issel and Louis Rabot is presented by KentuckyTourism.com. All right, welcome back in. 1030 segment here on a Thursday. You know what that means. We're bringing our friend Ben Roberts here on Issel and Louis, 681-057. We are taking you up until noon. Reminder of some of the programming we do have here, Louisville women's basketball tonight. Nick Kern on the call there, 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock tip on 93.9 across the hall. We are your home for Bellarmine basketball as well. They're playing tonight at Freedom Hall, 6.15 pregame, 6.30 tip against EKU. Doug Ormay and Mark Bug on the call there. That's on the 680 side over here and on the app. And um, Ben Roberts is with us, brought to our, uh, you by our friends in the East End at Martini Italian Bistro, martinilouisville.com. Go check out their menu there. Uh, you cannot go wrong, Avery, with a creamy tomato basil soup in an Italian wedge salad. Oh. That sounds really good. So the, the touches on the Italian wedge salad, Ben, are gorgonzola cheese and crispy pancetta instead of bacon. How about that? Oh, no. <laughs> ben, are you there? I am there. Okay. Is that for me? Yeah, are you drooling? Yeah, or I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I was listening to the, yeah. <laughs> ben, I'm sorry. Otherwise, that's so funny to me. I apologize. Uh, ben Roberts with us. Hey, ben, ben Roberts HL on Twitter. Go ahead. Ben, were you more attentive when you were on the afternoon show? <laughs> I thought you were still pitching uh, to Avery there. With, uh, with, uh, a little soup and salad it. for lunch. That's all I'm saying. You know, you go in. You don't need to be too complicated. The food's delicious. You know, get out of there for... You know, for way under 20 bucks. I mean, it's a very, very nice lunch. Martini. Now, remember, remember, Ben, next Thursday, we're doing a remote from there. And you're you're more than uh, invited to to attend. I know you usually have some Thursday things to do. But just as a little side note, Louis Dampier will be there for lunch. And you could do a You could do an article on the most uninteresting man that ever wore the blue and white. So. Lance Ware's wow. co- Lance Ware's coming to lunch. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Uh, I got I, Ben. I've got a, a question for you, and I think I've asked you this before, but when you answered, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> do, do you um, do you write the headlines for your articles, or does somebody else do that? Uh, I write some of them. Uh, I, if if there's one that you're not pleased with, I probably didn't write that one. Uh, no, I'm. I, I just. I'm, it. Uh, it doesn't make any difference. I just. You know. I. I'm worried about your credibility, <laughs> it, 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 because th- this one says Kentucky's latest win: a lesson in team basketball. That 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 part is right on. This team continues to get better and better as a unit. The second part is Severe Wheeler plays a big part of it. Did you write that? I did write that, yes. Yeah, okay. All right. That's that's all I wanted to know. Ask a question, Dan. <laughs> no, I did. I did. Okay. No, I, I love Ben. I don't, uh, you know, I, I'll I'll talk to you off air, Ben. <laughs> Is, okay, so let's talk about Savio Wheeler. Ben, ben Roberts with us, Kentucky.com slash sports. Go find all their stuff at the Herald Leader. They actually have sports writers down there. Um the stuff with Xavier Wheeler, obviously the, the team is different and, and frankly the, the outcomes are better with the new starting lineup. There's no debate on that end. You've made the case that there's going to be a point at which Xavier, they, they need to figure out what his role is going to be as part of this offense. Do you think 23 minutes is an anomaly and it's going to happen against teams where UK's got a bigger lead or do you think that's going to be more of a regular um, happening with Xavier with Wheeler? 
Yeah, I mean, I think he plays at least 23 minutes moving forward. Um, I don't, you know, I think Cal was obviously trying some stuff Tuesday night and probably felt he was in a situation where he was able to try some stuff sure. with, with with that opponent. And basically a home game down there in Nashville. I mean, the, yep. uh, the fans, UK fans outnumber the Vandy fans by quite a bit. Um, so I think he felt uh, it was kind of a little safe space to tinker around with some stuff he'd been thinking about, I'm sure. Um, I'm really interested to see how he plays Savir uh, Saturday night, obviously, against a much better opponent and a, and a, and a much bigger game, frankly, uh, especially when you're talking about tournament seating implications or tournament implications at this point. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it was – it was, I mean, very apparent right off the bat um, that he, when he put Savir in there, he wanted him to, to push the pace and get the guys running and, and see if they could get anything in transition or at least get Vandy kind of scrambled on defense in transition. And then if something didn't happen, I thought it was interesting that when they set into that half-court offense, he was basically putting Savir on the wings, mm-hmm. in the corners even, um, and running it through Kaysen. And Savir never really got to that middle third of the court in, in most uh, in most of those instances. So, yeah, that was interesting playing a five nine guy off the ball who teams don't really respect as a as an outside shooter. Um, but they were able to get some good action out of that, and and it'll be interesting to see if he does that moving forward, how teams react to that moving forward, and, and kind of how all that shakes out. Ben, one of the really neat things about Severe, and I guess I don't follow social media, but I guess he's been getting hammered pretty good. And and you really did a good job of documenting this, and that is uh, how his teammates have really come uh, to uh, to cover him in in this situation. Yeah, and it was it's you know I, I think maybe. Some people, some people have told to me, like you said to me, you know, what else are they going to say? Like if they're put on the spot, of course they're going to support him. But that's not really the way it's happened in these interview sessions. Uh, Jacob Toppin last week really went out of his way to give a, a full-throated defense of Savir and, and said it was really important for him to say that because he really wanted people to know um, how his teammates felt about him and, and how important they thought he was to the team. You know, both as a person and a, and a basketball player. Um, so it wasn't one of those situations where somebody asked a question, Jacob responds. I mean, he he was really into that answer and, and really wanted it out there. And then C.J. Frederick, after the game Tuesday night, I asked Savir basically, you know, how he stayed focused amid what, what had happened the last three games and not really playing at all in the second half. Um, you know, after being a player who his entire life, including college, has been used to playing 35 minutes or so a game, and he gave a really good answer, and then somebody else started to ask another question on another topic, and CJ cut him off mm. and said, "Hey, I want to, I want to talk on this before you guys move on." Um, so you know, he didn't have to do that, uh, and, and that really, and then Cal's comments, obviously, after that were were very striking. So yeah, I mean, it, it's clear that that the people in that locker room really like this guy and are really supporting him and, and really, you know, want him to, to be a, a big part of this team on the court too. Ben Roberts with us here is Lou and Louie on 680-1057. Um, it's interesting how you just described that because you're, you're describing almost a bunker mentality. Do they have one on this team? I think, yeah, just talking to some people, I, I, it, it was clear in the preseason that these guys liked each other and it was kind of a different group. You got a lot of really different characters and, and personalities, and I think the fact that you have a lot of veterans and a lot of older, you know, 22-year-old guys 
which has not been the norm here in the recent past, um, kind of lends itself to that. But I think I think they liked each other, but they maybe weren't on the same page. And then after that South Carolina loss and the three days between the South Carolina loss and the Tennessee game, I think just from talking to people around the program, talking to players, coaches, they really started to rally around each other and figure out that, hey, if this team's going to go anywhere, we have to be one unit. We can't be 11 or 15 you know, guys who like each other and come to play with each other but, but don't really have that connectivity. Um, now it seems like they have that connectivity, and, and it's going to be interesting to see if that lasts and how that manifests itself and, and if these wins continue because I think you know, people want to point to Xavier not being in there for those three games. And, I, and that's certainly p- part of it, the way, you know, the spacing looks, the way the offense looks. It, it looks a little different. It feels a little different. But there's a lot more going on with this team, and I, I think that's the bigger issue that's that's leading to this winning streak is that these guys, you know, just got punched in the mouth in Rupp Arena against a really bad South Carolina team and sat down and figured out this cannot continue. We, you know, we've got to do something to, to get this thing on the right track. Uh, ben, one of the leaders of that connectivity, as you put it, uh, seems to be Jacob Toppin. And I know, you know, we were told before the season, this kid's going to have a breakout year. He's playing much better. And then we were terribly disappointed for most of the season. But his transformation, the way he's played in the last four games, to me, has been about as big a turnaround for a UK player as I can remember. Uh, can he continue to do that the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the, the top two or three keys of this season is, is whether he can. And, and if he does, uh, I think this team really has a lot of promise and can fulfill, uh, you know, those preseason expectations. But, yes, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, those first two games when Oscar weren't in, wasn't in, he – he was he was assertive. He kind of knew that that his role needed to be go get those rebounds. You know, be a be more of a physical guy inside. Easy to do with those first two opponents. You know, that are not easy, but a lot easier than than it than it became later. Sure. Um, and then when Oscar got out there, I think he was one of those guys who who deferred like a lot of them did. You know, that's no knock on Jacob. Won the national player of the year is six nine, two hundred sixty pounds, and walks back out there. It's, I think it's kind of natural to, to defer in some areas. Um, and then after, you know, it started with Tennessee. Um, but then really that, that Georgia game is when I really first started to notice it. Just the, the way he went for the rebounds, the way he, he attacked the glass, and just, you know, just used his body in the paint in general to, to just bounce off guys and, and, and be physical. Um, that was was really a big starting point into in what we've seen over these last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, if, if he continues to do that and, and play that way and, and just kind of play with that almost reckless abandon when, when he's going into the paint, yep. which is not something we've seen in the past, uh, no. that's going to be a big deal for them. For sure. I, th- I, I said yesterday, Ben, uh, I think he's, he's uh, played himself into a second-round draft pick. I mean, when you look at that athleticism, that, that one block he had the other night, it, I said yesterday, it was like a spike in volleyball. Yeah. I mean, with that, with that athleticism, uh, I, I would have to think a general manager in the NBA is drooling to pick him in the second round. Yeah, I mean, I, there's still a ton to work with. You know, he, he's kind of shied away from the, the three-pointer a little after he started so poorly from a percentage standpoint. 
but it's a shot that looks like it. I mean, he certainly looks like he could be a 3 and D type of guy um, in the NBA, and he's got that length and size and athleticism. And, yes, if he if he shows that, that he can be more physical and do some of these other things, um, yeah, I, I absolutely think there's a spot for him in the NBA. Uh, and I think that shooting is something that, you know, once he gets down there and, and you know, tweaks whatever he needs to tweak and, and gets up a lot more shots and whatever motion he's going to use, I think that's something that, that over the years is, is going to be a weapon for him too. Ben Roberts with us here in his usual spot on Thursdays from our friends at Martini Italian Bistro in East End, martinilouisville.com. Go check out all of their menus uh, on the website, open for lunch uh, Tuesday through Sunday, get that brunch on the weekends. Uh, Dan and I talked after the Vanderbilt game, and, and one of the things you never want to do is overreact to beating a Vanderbilt. But there's also something to be said for treating it like the business trip that you should probably treat it like. Uh, we, Dan and I gave it kind of a B plus A minus kind of grade coming out of it. Where did where did Ben Roberts land? Yeah, I think I would put it right there, probably more into the A minus category, just from the standpoint of we hadn't really seen them beat a team like that, mm-hmm. and and basically put it. I mean, that game was over at the at the at the first TV timeout of the second half. It was over. I mean, you yeah. knew that there was no coming back for them. And you can't really say that about any other game no, that's right. played against anything close to a quality opponent. Um, I think that was a big deal. I, I think just, I mean, the way they went about it on both sides of the court the entire game, it just looked like they were on the same page, that they were running their stuff, that they were that they were getting good shots. And as Cal said after the game, that they were hitting open shots. And I think that has been something, you know, people have wanted to harp on, on the offense and especially the half-court offense all season. Um, and he has overinflated this to to a certain aspect, but he's right in in one sense that they have missed a ton of open shots. And these are guys who you would expect to hit those open shots uh, that have shown in the past in college basketball, high level college basketball, that they can make these shots. So, I mean, he's right. After the game, he said, you know, if we there's going to be one of these games where we just absolutely blow the doors off the place because we're getting these shots and, and we're making them and and. I feel like there is probably going to be a game where they, you know, they make 15 threes or something. They beat a team by 20, 25 points. Um, something similar to that Tennessee game and up last season. Uh, and and if they can continue to to, to generate, uh, you know, these kind of looks, they're going to fall eventually. And and I, I think Tuesday was a really good, you know, sign and, and a and a good point in that direction. Ben, one guy who hasn't missed a lot of open shots is Antonio Reeves. How important is he going to be to this team going forward? Yeah, I think he's another one. You know, look at a lot of these guys on the roster, and especially these guys in this kind of seven, eight-man rotation he's got now. And I think you see a certain kind of spark, uptick, and in, in confidence. And, you know, CJ Frederick's talked a lot over the last couple of weeks about kind of being a star in your role and finding your role. And I think guys are starting to find their roles. And Antonio's role is obviously being a scorer. And he was really good at that at Illinois State, but this is obviously a, you know, a much different situation. And, and he comes in you know, on one end where he's not as much the focal point of opposing defenses, but those defenses are a lot better, and he's got a lot better players around him. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough adjustment. And he's figuring out that he's good enough frankly, as a scorer to just go get buckets and, and go try to try to hunt out points. And that's what he's been doing over these past couple of weeks. And that floater game especially, 
the uh, you, you know the knack he's shown at, at putting the ball on the floor and getting to the basket and and you know just just getting those those rim shots basically. Uh, we know he can he can hit open threes. We know he can run in transition and get to those spots. But it's it's you know it's been it's been really interesting to see the way he's just kind of taking it and attacking the basket. Um, and you know that that's also when you have Kaysen out there and those three shooters out there that, that guys respect on the perimeter. That does open up the court. Uh, it opens up driving lanes. It obviously opens up stuff for Oscar inside. I, I actually had written down to ask you about CJ and Antonio because I do think their development and, and working them into whatever this system is now that they're playing. I think Antonio has figured out or at least adjusted his game to the speed of the SEC. I think he's really – everything that he's capable of doing has caught up to that. The thing that I think is one of the more remarkable things, Toppin is probably the outlier for sure, but Frederick's on defense is a different thing now because when he got there, you know, you know, Ben, we're dealing with a 2-18 and 18 team across the street here. And one of the things that, that Kenny Payne talked about the other day was he didn't realize how many of the – very basic elements of basketball he had to go back and teach. I feel like C.J. Frederick coming from Iowa didn't have to really play defense that Fran McCaffrey, frankly, just wants to go outscore you 90-88. Like, that's how he wants to go play basketball. Am I wrong there? Does it feel like C.J. Frederick is sort of learning on the job how to play defense in college basketball? I think I think C.J.'s – I mean, I think he's always been pretty attuned to team defense. I, I, think, he, I think he's smart enough where he – can kind of see what else is going on on the court and know where he needs to be, um, and I think Cal's, you know, you know, from day one, as soon as he really got to practice with them, he he kind of saw that and, and trusted him as a defender. I do think that I mean, you know, we talked about this being a veteran team. We've talked about guys coming back and Oscar and Xavier and Jacob especially, but it is in the grander sense of things, still almost a brand new team that where you're incorporating a lot of newcomers. Uh, you're, you're asking guys to play different roles than they played in the past. And that does take some time to kind of figure out what everybody's role is going to be. And, you know, CJ's right there with everybody else. Um, really, probably except for Oscar, you know, and he's having to do some new stuff too. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think CJ, the way he's incorporated himself into the team defense, and really, uh, Tuesday night offensively, I, I, the way he he spoke after the game, you know, he, he passed up one three, and you're watching, and you're kind of like, why didn't he shoot that? He was wide open. And then he said, well, you know, he, he, could set, he, he knew Jacob was going to go back door and be wide open underneath the basket in like a split second. So he was just waiting for that and, and figured, you know, this is a 100% we're going to get these two points, so I'm going to do that as opposed to taking this open three. And then he kind of did it in a similar fashion with Antonio Reeves. And I think a lot of these guys are start. I think that's kind of a smaller example that you can extrapolate out to how a lot of these guys are seeing the court and reading their teammates and playing as one unit as opposed to being five guys kind of doing things on their own and hoping it all works out at the end of a possession or at the end of a – you know, a sequence in the game. Ben, we were uh, we talked yesterday. We were excited that uh, that CJ actually got a foul trying to fight over a screen. Yes, I, 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 th- I thought that was a big step forward. Uh, let, let's let's look ahead Saturday. Um, and again, a really nice column about. Uh, do you call them columns or do you call them articles, Ben? Articles, uh, ar- I guess. Yeah, articles for me. Yeah, you, your okay. friend John Clay and, and Mark Story are would be the columns. Oh, no. Sean Clay is my friend. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what, he's yeah. not the bright. He's not the brightest friend I have, <laughs> but he is my friend. Uh, okay, article about uh, champion college basketball champions that have played in Rupp. And as Louis said earlier, if you're a big blue fan, you have to subscribe to the Herald Leader. That the 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 people they have covering basketball and football down there are just terrific. Um, so let's look ahead. Uh, Kansas, the defending national championship champions, come in on a three-game losing streak. What do you what do you see Saturday night, Ben? Well, I see a team that doesn't want to lose four games in a row. That's that's for sure. And that's right. uh, you know that uh, people will see that and think, oh, you know, Kansas must be down. You know, if they haven't paid attention this season, they're not. I mean, that, that's a really good basketball team. Um, you know, two weeks ago, I probably if I had to pick one team to you know to bet to win the NCAA tournament it, it, it would be them to repeat and I might still say that just because I think they're really constructed well uh, for a March run um, you know it, it's it's going to be interesting because you've obviously had a team that was looking like possibly the best in college basketball until two weeks ago coming in with a three-game skid and you had a team who was looking like they might miss the tournament coming in <laughs> with a four-game winning streak I'm going to be interested to see how they defend Jalen Wilson, first of all. I mean, he, you know, most everything, they have other guys who can beat you for sure, but a lot of the, a lot of their team, a lot of their offense runs through him. He's out there pretty much the whole game. He takes a ton of shots a game. He makes a ton of shots a game. <laughs> and he's, you know, people will see 6'8 and 225 or whatever he is, but uh, he, he leads that team in three-point attempts. I mean, they can play four out, five out. They can really spread the court, um, and he's a big part of that. And, and figuring out how to stop him is going to be, I'm sure, priority number one. And then Grady Dick, for people who haven't been able to, to see him play, yes, um, he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's amazing. He, yeah. He's looking yeah. like uh, a possible lottery pick. He's a guy I think is one of those who can just, you know, once you get to March Madness, can just become like one of these like all-time stories. He's he's got that kind of talent where he can just go off for six games and, and, and score a ton of points and, and hit a bunch of threes, uh, make a ton of highlights. And then they've got you know Kevin McCuller uh, defensively. They've got a great backcourt, and that's why I think they're going to be constructed well for the, for the tournament. They're skidding right now, but all three of those teams that they lost to I think are probably top 15-ish teams in the country. Two of those were on the road. Um, and they've got, I think, three or four games against ranked teams in a row after they after they come to Rupp Saturday night. So pretty brutal stretch on the schedule for them, but but still a team that could beat anybody, uh, probably by double digits uh, on on any given night when they're on. Dan, were you saying that Bill Self's never lost four in a row? Never, he's never lost four in a row at Kansas. At Kansas, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. at Kansas, yep. yeah. The last yep. time that happened, it was Roy Williams' first season. Uh, so, you know, going back quite a ways, uh, eighty-nine, ninety. Wow. Okay. Well, it'll be an interesting one. Um, that I think that place is going to be pretty lubed up on Saturday, Old Rupp Arena. I think people will be in a people going to be ready for that one. It'll be uh, library. Plus one, Dan. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the tech, actually the Texas A and M crowd was the was bigger than the Louisville crowd. That was the biggest crowd so yes, far right. this season. So you know, you win that game and then you go down and win at Vandy. Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing this will be probably by far the the, the loudest and the and the most packed uh, Rupp spin. I need one promise, Ben. You still have to take a picture of the empty seats at the top of the end. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if those will be empty for, yeah, right. for Saturday night. Uh, I, I took a picture 
for the Louisville game right at tip-off, and I went back and looked at that at the Texas A&M game, and that's how I knew there were there were more at A&M because that's really the only section of the, the crowd where yeah. uh, you know seats have been empty in the SEC portion of the schedule. Uh, ben, Ben, I, uh, uh, I saw that uh, Kentucky's going to honor some of the past uh, uh, championship teams. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that'll be um, – I think it's February 18th. I don't have the calendar. Whatever that Saturday is, uh, they're going to honor the 96, 97, and 98 teams. The You know, the plan was to do this for the 96 team, obviously one of the best teams ever. Um, two years ago, that was that was obviously the COVID season with the uh, limited attendance, and uh, you know it, <laughs> they didn't want to do it like that with with hardly any fans there. Um, and then I think they didn't quite know what to do last year, and then there were still kind of some restrictions. So what they decided to do was this is going to be the 25th anniversary of the '98 team. Um, you know, obviously some overlap roster wise between those three teams, so they're just going to have everybody back and, and honor all three of those teams, two title teams and, and one national runner-up in 97. Um, and only about two dozen players. If you look at all three of those rosters over those three years, there were only four or five that played on all three teams, but only about 22, 23 uh, total players throughout that three-season three, three wow. stretch. Obviously, two different coaches. Um, and I was talking to Cameron Mills about this uh, a while ago, and, and he pointed out that uh, probably half of those players uh, are either college coaches or NBA scouts, you know, have other duties mm. that might keep them out or up uh, mm. that Saturday night. But um, I, I know everybody who's going to be able to come, I, I know they're really looking forward to that. And they're going to have like a, a dinner, a banquet type deal the Friday before, um, you know, team managers back. I, I think maybe some assistant coaches, if, if they can get in. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be a really cool celebration. And I'm sure the Kentucky fans, uh, we'll we'll be uh, we'll be happy and waiting to to give a nice round of applause. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. I w- I was actually at both of those championship games. Uh, the '96 was in uh, was in New Jersey, and the '98 uh, was in San Antonio. I, I I got to attend both of those. Uh, here, here's a trivia question for you, Ben. What is that? What is that? Nine. What is special? Or what is, I don't know if special is the right word. What? Unique? <laughs> unique. Very good. Thank you, Lewis. I'm paying attention. What, what is unique about the 1996 venue for the championship game? Was it East Rutherford? Yep. Yep. What was unique about it? I, I, I don't know. It was the last time an NCAA championship Final Four was held in a, uh, in a basketball arena oh wow it was it was at the meadowlands and it was in uh, where the uh, nets play and that was the last year after that it went to you know places like the alamo alamo dome and and you know places like that that was the last year it was in a a a, a typical uh, basketball arena yeah well i understand why they do it the way they do it but i wish uh i wish those (laughs) games would be would be played in, in basketball arenas because I think the the Cowboy Stadium was the worst. I mean, it's you know, it, it's on one hand, it, it's cool to see all the all the people when you walk out onto the court, but then when you start watching the game, it's not quite as much fun. And I'm sure it's not much fun to play in those those uh, big football arenas either. Yep, yep. 
All right, he's Ben Roberts. He's with the Herald Leader, Kentucky.com slash sports. Find all their stuff down there. And, of course, head out for lunch to our friends at Martini Italian Bistro, martinilouisville.com. Uh, go check out all of their specials there. Ben, uh, last one. Uh, you got Arabian Night or someone else in the Southwest? I haven't, I haven't had a chance to handicap it yet, but based on what I saw of Arabian Nights uh, Keeneland, the last yeah. time he raced, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I, would, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, would, I would imagine he's the one to beat. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's Dan's favorite horse in the world. So um, it's, uh, <laughs> we'll have to watch him romp home uh, I, under the Baffert banner for zero points in the Kentucky Derby. Zero, zero points. I got victory <laughs> formation at 175 to one last month, that so I'll, I'm sticking with that ticket for yeah. now. There you go. That's there great. you go. And our degenerate friend, Ben Roberts. We will talk Thanks, to him ben. next week. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Great stuff, Ben. <laughs> See you next time. All right, Ben Roberts. Well, Harold Leader. All right. MartiniLouisville.com. Go check them out. Cannot recommend that place enough. Dan's, Dan's both excited to get out there. And, I mean, Avery, you haven't seen this when you go on remote with Dan. There's like a, like a group of women that show up that are very excited that Dan's there. But on top of it, you get a really nice lunch. It's going to be good. Yeah. yeah, and they all have pink hair. <laughs> It's okay to have pink hair. I was red for a while, and my hair would fade to a really pretty rosy pink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've had some I've had some very nice looking ladies ask me for my autograph, and and they always preface it by saying, "Would you mind signing this for my mother?" <laughs> no, <laughs> my dad's a huge fan. Uh. <laughs> My my grandfather went to all your games. That's right. I don't know who you. I don't know who you are, but but you were my mom's favorite. My grandmother loved you. Oh man! First hour of the show brought to you by our friends at Kentucky Tourism and KentuckyTourism.com. These colder months, check out all those concerts, the arts, the museums, the memorials in Kentucky. You can find all of them at KentuckyTourism.com, and maybe you are getting ready to plan out your spring and summer trips. They have all that information as well, the food and drink, the outdoors, and the culture at KentuckyTourism.com. Make sure you go check out our friends over there on the other end. I I read an infuriating article about the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, and, that, and I have to, I, I have to I, talk about I couldn't about even it. get all the way through I, it. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. 100 days to the Kentucky Derby today, Dan. Wow. So we'll have to get into that a little bit. And LSU wow. accidentally overpaid Brian Kelly by a, by a million dollars. Um, I'm going to ask Dan how many times he was overpaid by a million dollars. We do it next here on 680-1057. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition. And I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. 